My other podcast, Love and Abuse, deals with navigating the difficult relationship, including behaviors that make you feel bad about yourself. If someone in your life is doing that to you, how is that a loving thing to do? I talk about that and a lot more over at loveandabuse.com. Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello, this is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. I'm going to get right into a message that was sent to me. This person wrote, Hey, I wanted to reach out and tell you how much I appreciate the Overwhelmed Brain podcast. I come from an emotionally and physically abusive family and was the oldest of all my siblings. My father was a very abusive alcoholic for a long time, and in many cases I took the abuse to save uh, I took the abuse to save my siblings and my mother from receiving it. When I was a teenager, my wife and I met. We have been each other's one and only, and we recently hit our nine-year wedding anniversary together, but our marriage was on the rocks bad. I was so traumatized and I carried that in many unhealthy and emotionally bad behaviors to my wife. I stumbled upon your podcast and I had a huge breakdown and I let everything out to my wife. I realized how much of a problem me carrying my past trauma with me was affecting her emotionally and our marriage. So I've taken accountability for my behavior and I'm changing daily. She even has uh, complimented how much better I'm doing now. I'm far from unhealed, but I feel so much better and will continue my journey toward healing. That just touches me. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is an amazing story. And I, I read that. This is a little, I guess, selfish. <laughs> I read that because this is what I went through. This is what I went through. And I'm so grateful you shared this with me because when I went through this, when I had my breakdown, it was the beginning of the rest of my life. It changed me completely. It started my healing journey. It was the very first step toward, oh, how can I explain it? I was holding a lot of things in myself throughout my entire life. That's why I did my best to avoid conflict. That's why I always pretended that nothing ever bothered me. I never wanted anyone to see that very vulnerable, very insecure self that I was carrying around. I didn't want anyone to know that was me. I wanted everyone to believe that I was confident, that I had everything that I needed and I could take care of anything that came along. Nothing bothered me. But so many things bothered me. And there was so much I wanted to express and there was so much... Uh, there was anger inside of me. There was so much anger. There was so much pain and unexpressed emotions, unexpressed thoughts, all because I wanted to protect myself from the world's judgments. I wanted to protect myself from being seen as anything but likable, lovable, and someone's friend, someone's partner. I wanted people to see me always in a positive light. So breaking down in front of them, like this person wrote, he broke down in front of his wife. He probably expressed things and showed a side of him to her that she has never seen or seen rarely. And because of that, 
his life is changing. It changed the moment he decided to let that part of himself out. For those of you who haven't heard my breakdown story, I'm going to tell it to you in 15 seconds. I met the person who would be my wife one day, and we're no longer married. That was a past relationship. But I met her, and within two months, I was holding all this stuff in just like him. And then she said, you know, you got a lot going on, and I could tell there's a lot on your mind. So I'm going to leave, and you do your own thing. And if you get over your stuff, give me a call. That destroyed me inside because I was so insecure. But at the same time, it was the the exact impetus I needed in order for me to realize that I'm going to lose this person in my life unless I really get to the heart of what's going on inside of me. So one day I did. I broke down in front of her. I was crying. I mean, this is only two months into the relationship. And here I am just (laughs) on the floor. I felt like a blubbering mess. And um, she saw this and she saw a side of me that uh, allowed her to open her heart toward me. I mean, her heart was open already, but she couldn't get close to me. I mean, this is much more than 15 seconds, sorry, but <laughs> trying to keep it short. I, I was really in a bad space, but I allowed myself to get there. I finally had the breakdown that I needed after 30 plus years of holding all this stuff in from childhood, from being in an alcoholic home like this guy was from being in a in a place where I didn't want to show my true self. I didn't want people to know my true thoughts and feelings. And so I had this breakdown thinking that my relationship was going to end and my other relationships had ended too. And I thought, there's nothing else I can do. I, I'm just, I feel alone. I feel like this is just going to be my life from now on. And I had this breakdown and I was crying. And she saw this and she decided to stay and because I chose to be vulnerable with her, that was the beginning of our relationship and I still had a lot to work on because our marriage didn't work out because I had a lot to work on. But the point is, uh, if I hadn't had that breakdown, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be teaching this stuff. I wouldn't know what I know. I wouldn't have the greatest relationship that I've ever been in now with a girl that I love that I'm going to marry and I just feel so different. The main difference for me from that point and from the point of healing after my marriage ended and all these all this work I did on myself, the main difference is I don't feel like I'm in a triggered state anymore or a near triggered state anymore. I don't know if you know what it feels like to walk around thinking that something is going to go wrong and you're going to be affected, you're going to be upset. If you don't know what this feels like, just imagine what it would feel like if you were carrying around this low-level underlying feeling inside you that something is going to go wrong and you're going to be upset. I know there are some of you right now (laughs) saying, yeah, that's how I feel all the time. Something is going to happen and I'm going to be upset. I felt like that all the time, but my upset was littered with terrible coping mechanisms. My coping mechanisms were meant to make people feel bad so that I wouldn't get the attention. I would cope by pushing my upset onto others in manipulative ways. 
I figured if they felt bad, if they felt they were to blame, that I would be in the clear. Nobody would look at me. Nobody would see my insecurities. Nobody could see my vulnerabilities. Nobody could crack my armor. So as long as I stayed safe inside my own armor, my shell, then uh, I was okay. As long as I was okay, regardless of how other people felt, then I'd be okay. For those of you who don't know what emotional abuse is, that is one way of explaining it. Someone doesn't want others to know what their fears or insecurities are, so they will push their fears and insecurities onto others in ways that make them focus on themselves, all to keep the attention off of them and onto the other person. Because if the attention is on the person who can't cope, then they'll have to work on that in themselves. If somebody looks at them and say, hey, you're the problem, then they either are going to get more upset and push it back, or they're going to have to reflect on their own behaviors. And that's something I certainly wasn't going to do at the time because that would be very difficult for me. I didn't have the coping skills. I didn't have the ability to work on myself at that time because quite honestly, I didn't believe I was doing anything wrong. And so I held on to that kind of thought process for a long time. And my marriage really highlighted that. And uh, when my marriage ended, it was the eye-opening event that I needed. Oh, I'm the common denominator for all my problems. Oh, I should reflect on my behaviors. I should reflect on the way I think and especially what I believe to be true. This person who wrote, he has to go back through all of his beliefs and ask himself, is that really true? I, I say this because I run a program for people that have to do the same thing. It's called Healed Being and People who are emotionally abusive, they have to go through everything they believe and sometimes do a 180. This could mean anything. Like if I was right about this scenario, then why are they unhappy? Why is that person upset with me? Why is that person leaving me? It must be my belief system. It must be something that I believe to be true. But if it's not true, then what is? You know, it's a deep subject, but I, I just wanted to, let me come back to this message, just wanted to say kudos to this person and stay strong. That's something I always say to people going through this because you're going to need it. You're going to need to be strong, not for other people, mainly for yourself, because what's going to happen is as you heal and learn more about yourself and understand that your beliefs may not be true, a lot of them may not be true, you are also going to learn that you will probably be changing a lot about yourself so that you can experience the best version of yourself. All the good stuff usually stays. All the bad stuff, that's enmeshed in there. That's intertwined with who you are. That's why you kind of have to pick yourself apart piece by piece. And you learn that. You learn that over the weeks and months as you go through your healing. And this is something I tell people in the Healed Being program. I give them the question. And I think this is an important, very important question. Every time you're about to say or do something with somebody you care about, but you tend to mess it up, <laughs> you tend to hurt them, you tend to say something stupid or something hurtful, which is stupid, 
before you say that, think to yourself, ask yourself the following question. Is what I'm about to do or say an effort to change or control them? That's the question. Is what I'm about to do or say an effort to change or control them? When I started asking myself this question after my, or right before my marriage ended, I learned that a lot of what I was about to say was an effort to change her. When you have an intent to change or control someone else, that is very likely emotionally abusive. It is you trying to exploit them. It's you trying to use them for selfish reasons. It's you trying to get them to mold to your standards, to meet your criteria of what you deem as acceptable. Instead of accepting them for who they are, if you have the intent to control or change them, then what you are doing is trying to create your perception of perfection. Period. That's what you're doing. If you are trying to change or control someone, if that is your intent, then you are trying to create your perception of perfection. And no one will ever be able to meet that. This is one, <laughs> this is one of the keys to my happiness today is letting go of trying to control or change anyone. As soon as I let that go, as soon as I was able to say, I'm just going to let them be and see how the cards land. <laughs> I'm going to see what happens if I let this play out as it's going to play out. As soon as I was able to have that philosophy and live by that philosophy, my life changed for the better. I was happy. I was no longer thinking about what they're going to do to make me happy or what they should or shouldn't be doing in their life. Letting that go was freeing. It took me out of my underlying state of being nearly triggered all the time. I hated that feeling of a near triggered state. I, I, I walked around with it and I, I call that a burden. It felt like a burden holding on to the belief that people should do what I want them to do total burden, even though I was the one that was a burden on them. But inside, I felt like I was holding on to so much, like things had to work out my way in order for me to be happy. Letting that go, I can't even describe it. If you've done this yourself, if you finally let something go, like letting go uh, when somebody wronged you, if you are able to just move on from that, you can forgive if you want. I have my own opinions on that, but just moving on like, okay, that guy doesn't bother me anymore. That person who wronged me, I've let that go and moved on because holding on to it is a burden. Holding on to my anger, holding on to me wanting to get back at them, just letting that go and moving on and living my life Knowing, and this is my belief, knowing that that person will get their comeuppance no matter what. If I can just believe that and move on, then I can be happy. What prevents happiness is holding on to this stuff. The guy who wrote said, um, you know, I've been holding on to this for a long time. My father was very abusive and I took that abuse instead of uh, my siblings getting it. So he became sort of a savior or a martyr, however you want to look at it. And that probably created some dysfunctional behaviors in his adult relationships as well. 
He may have thought like he was the savior or he was righteous. And I'm putting words in his mouth. This may not have been him at all, but this can happen. And it may not have happened to him. I'm just saying this can happen. So I'm going to wrap this message up by just telling this person and anyone that needs to hear this, good for you. Good for you for stepping into vulnerability and showing somebody instead of what you believed was strength by standing up and being who you are and doing whatever selfish things you were doing before, you may have thought that was strength. You may have thought that that was how you protect yourself, that that's how you show up in the world. But to let that go and express yourself, the deepest maybe pains or vulnerabilities inside yourself, that's true strength. That's true strength because what you're doing is you're handing your heart over to someone and saying, this is all of me right here. You could do anything you want to it. You could crush it. You could throw it. You could nurture it. I don't know what you're going to do with it. And that's why it's so scary. And that's why I feel so vulnerable. And that's why it's a true sign of strength. That's why vulnerability is strength. Because when you give your heart to someone like that, when you allow yourself to be that vulnerable with someone, it tells the person, I trust you enough to do this. And when someone feels trusted, they feel cared for, they feel loved, they feel connected, they feel closer to you than any other time in your life because you're saying, this is all of me. And I know that you could kick me to the curb. I know you could beat me down right now. You could throw my heart away, but this is who I am. And that is the strongest component of any relationship is being your true self. When you can be your true self with someone else that they feel trusted by you and you feel trusted by them, when that happens, you have the strongest bond that can't be broken. I mean, it can be in other ways, but when you are willing to be that honest and that transparent, you get to find out what kind of connection that you have. Now, I imagine it's going to be very difficult to share all of yourself with certain people. Maybe you don't know someone in your life that you could be that honest with, be that transparent with. That's why I appreciate our sponsor today, BetterHelp. There's a reason I endorse BetterHelp. I've been doing it for like two years now. I believe in the service they offer, and I know people that have benefited from it greatly. They are therapy that you can use entirely online. It's convenient, it's flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist that you can switch anytime. So if it's not working out, just try another therapist and they'll help you pick one that works. I mean, a lot of feelings come up at the end of the year for a lot of people. And maybe you look forward to the holidays. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have some seasonal blues. I will say this. When my marriage was ending about 15 or so years ago, it was right before the holidays and I needed someone to talk to. And of course, this time of year can be very stressful and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, I want you to give BetterHelp a try. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash brain today and get 10% off your first month. It's time to find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com 
forward slash brain. Now, this is, again, this is very scary. Expressing yourself at that deep level, at such a vulnerable place inside you, is like taking the next 10 years of arguments, putting it all on the table, putting all those arguments on the table, because arguments aren't normally about the subject, but they are about the past of some sort, either your past or their past. It's like taking all the future arguments, putting them on the table, and then sorting them all out now instead of later. If that sounds a little weird, <laughs> it's a weird way to say it, but what I'm saying is pretty much, let's just say that you have an argument with somebody and it's about um, something stupid, <laughs> something like, how come you didn't vacuum the floors? Let's argue about vacuuming the floors. Um, is it really about vacuuming the floors or is it really about uh, not doing your part? And if not doing your part is a problem, maybe you feel disrespected and if that's the case, then maybe disrespect needs to be the topic of the argument instead of vacuuming the floor. That's my quick analysis of every single argument that we ever have with somebody. <laughs> Sometimes it's about the moment, but a lot of the times it's about the past. So being that vulnerable and expressing all these pains and insecurities and fears inside of you and putting it all out on the table, now you have all of this to sort through. Hey, this is who I am. 100%. This is what you get. Oh, okay, we don't have to argue about that tomorrow and next year and in 10 years. Yeah, I know it's not that easy, but this is the point, is that sometimes you can get rid of this stuff. Sometimes you can avoid future conflict by being this expressive and this vulnerable and looking at this person's message to me. That's what sounds like is probably going to happen because his wife was probably thinking, why is he so upset about this? Or why is he doing this? Why is he saying this? How come he can't love me for me? How, can, how come he can't accept me for me? His wife is probably confused and has a lot of questions and he could never answer them because he was, he was in that space that we talked about, that space of feeling secure, being insecure, feeling strong, even though what he was doing was very weak in himself. It wasn't building his self-esteem or self-worth. It was trying to protect his self-esteem and self-worth. His emotionally abusive behaviors were doing that. So this, this is a very deep conversation that we could go anywhere with. But I wanted to comment on this because, uh, again, a little selfish because I went through it. But at the same time, I'm hoping there was a message in here for anyone that needed to hear this. I'm so grateful this person wrote. Thank you so much for writing all this and sharing this. And definitely hang in there, stay on track, because this is not an easy path. Changing who you are from that core level, it's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. Thanks so much for joining me today, and thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our patrons this week, Brad and Ashley and Winnie and Larry and Michelle and Angel and Crystal. Thank you for your financial support. I am very grateful. I, I can't do this without money. <laughs> Not that it's all on your shoulders, but I'm very grateful for anything that uh, anyone can give. And of course, they found value in the show. And if you find value in the show, you can also give back if you'd like. Totally optional. Head over to moretob.com and you'll find options to do that. Thank you, patrons. I am very grateful for you. And for our show on how to deal with difficult relationships, head over to loveandabuse.com. That's my other podcast called 
love and abuse, and it does deal with a lot of difficulties in relationships if you have to deal with that. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship and you're hurting people you love, head over to healedbeing.com and sign up for the first four lessons for free. It's a comprehensive program on changing who you are, just like I talked about today. This person who wrote, he changed or he's starting to change who he is. He may not need the program. He's taken a huge step in expressing himself and being vulnerable. And sometimes that's the first biggest step that changes everything. So if you need help doing that, if you need help going even further than that, head over to healedbeing.com. And again, the first four lessons are free. You can try it out and see if it's for you. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And I'm going to read you a couple of things. One person wrote and said, uh, I just wanted to say, I really enjoy your podcast. You are so helpful and insightful. Thank you so much. They go on to say, keep up the great work. I especially love your podcast number 525. Uh, that one's called Asserting Yourself Without Getting Aggressive. It's not easy to change my thinking pattern, but I will certainly try. Your suggestions are all so helpful. Thank you again. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, I'm all about it is okay to try. (laughs) I know people say there is no try, only do. I'm okay with trying because when you try, you are doing. Trying is doing. It is doing something. If you don't try, then you might not do anything. So I know it's against the grain, but I'm going to say it. Without try, there is no do. (laughs) You don't have to quote that because uh, somebody's going to hate it. Anyway, thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate the person who wrote that. And uh, this one, I'm going to read you. It's just a a couple of things they wrote. It's in the Facebook group, the Overwhelmed Brain Empowerment Group, in case you're interested in joining that. I'd love to see you over there. This person wrote um, uh, this little excerpt I'm going to take out of their post. They said, meanwhile, the person I live with constantly comments on my weight, says that I look old and sometimes frumpy. They note every single wrinkle, and not only this, they make me feel like I'm not as smart as they are, and I'm not as successful, and I wouldn't be able to handle living on my own. Meanwhile, I am more successful than that person in my career, and I've done everything from dropping out of a university with a job that didn't have an opportunity to grow, and now I'm in a a great job that I've been doing for 10 years, and I have friends and people who care about me. So that post goes on and on, and I'm very disheartened to read this, because If you're in a relationship with somebody who puts you down, uh, who has time for that crap? Who has time to be with someone? Who wants to, let me put it this way, who wants to take the time to be around someone that puts you down and makes you feel bad about yourself? It's a terrible way to live. When you're with somebody, especially in a romantic relationship, especially a marriage or any relationship that you've committed to the other person, the other person should lift you up. They should comment on how wonderful it is to be with you. If they're not doing that, if they're not lifting you up, something needs to change. So the person wrote, you know, I'm not ready to leave, but I don't want to stay with this. And, you know, it's a very difficult situation. So when somebody's in a, uh, a circumstance like this, I find alternative ways to deal with it. So they can't leave. And they don't want to stay. So what do you do? What I like to do is change how communication 
happens. Now, this is my personal viewpoint. This is something that I would do, and it doesn't really fit into everyone's mold of how you should talk to each other. But I put myself in this person's shoes and I think, oh my God, if my partner was putting me down like this, I would totally own it. I would totally own it because what they're doing, they're trying to make me feel bad. They're trying to make me feel bad, put me in a weakened posture, a a frail state of being, maybe to have control over me, maybe to manipulate me, maybe because they get um, some sort of high by making me feel low. So I go into a state of, okay, if you're going to make me feel low, I'm going to put the onus of responsibility for your statements back on you. What does that mean? That means everything you say about me, I'm going to own. So when that person, let's just say my fiance, she says, uh, you're getting pretty fat. I just wanted to let you know, you're starting to look frumpy. Now, this is assuming that this person has said this a lot. You know, they're putting me down all the time. I would start to own it in the way where I would say, yes, I am. I am getting fat and I'll probably get fatter. I probably will look more and more frumpy as I get older. <laughs> Why would you say that? Because now they have to take responsibility of what they're going to do next with that information. They're looking for your resistance. When somebody puts you down, they're looking for your resistance. They feed off your resistance. They, they gain something from your resistance. It works for them in some way. If you don't know the way... This is why I I test the theory. My theory is they're looking for my resistance, so what happens when I take that out? Look at those wrinkles on your neck. Paul, you have more wrinkles on your neck than I've ever seen. It makes you look old and ugly. I would say, yes, I have a lot of wrinkles on my neck. And uh, look at this. I have more wrinkles here. Did you see these? These make me look ugly as well. And look at here. I got this big mole that came out of nowhere. Check this out. Again, I'm owning it. I'm owning everything they're saying about me. Okay, Paul, what if she said, well, you're not that smart because you haven't succeeded in this area in life. I would say, yeah, I know. I feel like a total dummy sometimes. Believe me, I get it. Again, you're putting the onus of responsibility for what they're going to do with that information next. Instead of it having it all land on you, because that's what's happening. When somebody expects you to resist, They're expecting you to sit with it. They're expecting you to feel bad with it. But what you're doing is you're giving it right back. You're saying, yes, that's true. So what are you going to do? You're putting it back on them. And I know this is a tough situation. It's a very sensitive situation. And these comments are horrible for anyone to tell someone. You, You shouldn't be telling people that they're not good looking or not smart enough or not successful. That's not how you lift people up. That's not how you love You love people by supporting their happiness. That is my motto. That's what I live by. How can I support my partner's happiness? How can I accept them for who they are and love them as they are? Because quite frankly, if I don't love Asha, my fiance, as she is, I shouldn't be with her. Because otherwise, I'm going to try to control her and change her. And remember what I said, is my intention to control or change her? Because if that's the case, then I'm going to ruin this relationship because nobody wants to be changed or controlled. Most people. 
They do not want to be changed or controlled. So when I read this person's post in Facebook, I'm thinking, first of all, that's a very terrible thing for someone to do. But if you're going to call me all these names or you're going to point out all these, quote, flaws in me, then I'm going to own it. So what are you going to do now? It really is like saying, yeah, that's true. So what are you going to do about it? I wouldn't say, well, I might say that, but <laughs> pretty much that's how it is. That's who I am. Uh, you'll just have to accept it or not. Well, I can't accept it because whatever, you look you look frumpy and I don't like it. Well, that's your decision then to stay with somebody that you think looks frumpy. Sucks to be you. <laughs> so, you know, you aren't these things. We all get old. We all get wrinkles. We Most of us will gain some weight and who cares? You know, we live our lives and we do the best we can. Sometimes we can't do everything that somebody else wants, but I'm not living my life for them. I'm living my life for me and I hope they love me as I am because if that's who they are, boy, I'm going to love them for who they are too. And that's the kind of person to have in your life is that you can look at each other and say, I accept you for who you are. And if somebody has difficulty accepting you for who you are, I hope that they get to tune into this show. I hope that they hear what I'm saying and this is my message to them or the person listening that maybe needs to hear this message. Your relationships get much deeper and stronger and long lasting when you choose to support someone's happiness and accept them for who they are. Because people who feel accepted for who they are are happier, are more willing to want to connect with you more, want to bond with you more and want to be better, want to improve themselves because they feel good in themselves. And instead of you trying to control or change the person to mold them into what you want them to be, they end up improving themselves anyway because they're happier and the whole cycle works on its own. And even if they choose not to improve themselves, they're still happier not being controlled or changed by you, not you, but the person that needs to hear this. And life goes much smoother when the person that you care about is happier. <laughs> That's what I've learned and I live by that philosophy on a daily basis. Keep that in mind and also keep an open mind because that's how you step into your power and be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. <laughs>